Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud. And this is the world as it is today. Well, here we are again. Um, cup like a week later than two weeks <laughs> since our last episode. Time has stopped existing for me. I have no idea how long it's been. It's been about tw- like 20 days since we released it one. It hasn't really been that long already. Yeah, I was thinking it was the 1st of February. Here we are um, as we record on President's Day. Oh, right. Which is why we wanted to make this special episode for President's Day. <laughs> so I had this conversation with a delivery guy today. He pointed out it was President's Day. And then he jokingly said, so I guess we're all supposed to... to uh, Oh, I can't remember what he said. Something about Biden. Like, it's Biden's day. That's what he said. It's <laughs> President's Day, so it's like Biden's day, right? And uh, I was like, yeah, but, you know, it's Black History Month. Are we allowed to celebrate presidents other than Obama? And this guy's kind of liberal, too. So, like, I don't know. It was rad to see him laugh so hard at such a concept. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just all of their days um, are contradicting one another. Like, we did that episode on national disaster preparedness yeah, month yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we talked about that they were gearing the, their national disaster preparedness towards hispanics or latinos um towards uh black people oh that's african-americans right. for the first time and last year they had done latin america like okay, latinos yeah, yeah. latinx or La- whatever latinx latinx is, how is that how they say it? i've it's never heard anyone say that out loud. i've read it enough times i know how it's pronounced <laughs> <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> but yeah, I, I was um, in the car, like had to be a week or two ago, and I'm listening to the local um, AM station for, you know, news and weather or whatever, just to kind of have a snippet. And lo and behold, that ad comes on that was like, it was, you know, an, an African-American voice telling you to be prepared to protect your legacy, like we had talked about in mm. that. And I was like, whoa, there's that that funding they were talking about. There, there pro- it is. They're promoting towards uh, black communities to be prepared for national disasters. Oh, wait, because this was playing on the radio here? Here, because, yeah. Because I don't think black people can hear the radio <laughs> from here. Because if <laughs> if they're if they're listening to the radio, they're not picking up that signal because our town is very white. And we got a fair amount of Mexicans, but very white. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, uh, also, they're probably not listening to AM stations. <laughs> yeah. If they are here, they're college kids, and they're not listening to AM station for sure. So there was that little throwback to a previous episode. You guys can go check that out if you haven't heard it. And, uh, well, let us let me real quick fill in what's what's new. Sure. Um, I've been on Monica's uh, or Deep Dives with Monica Perez a couple times in the last few weeks. One was with... Um, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled and Nate from Reality Czars um, on the chicken egg shortage. If cracking the code on eggs. Cracking the code on eggs, Monica named it. And then I was on again. It just came out today. We recorded last week. I recommended to her to look into cellular agriculture and to talk to Matt from Granite State Spice Blends. Um, and she asked me to invite him on and come on. So I got to ask Matt the questions that I wanted to ask him when I listened to him on Charlie Robinson's macroaggressions. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like yelling at the, what, but what does it mean? What is it actually? You know, like, Oh, I know I was upstairs. <laughs> I could hear you from upstairs. I was like, when you you came up afterwards. I was like, you got pretty impassioned tonight, huh? Like, <laughs> I was like, it was gross. And I think it's extra gross that they call some of the cellular agriculture, the process of taking a cell from meat or, or an egg or milk and then growing that in a lab. 
they're calling it fermentation. And what they're doing in these vats with those cells that they're taking from milk, eggs, or meat. And then they're growing it in a lab. And they're calling it fermentation. What? Yes. And it was like, I took a personal offense to that. No because shit. that's my favorite thing. I'm so passionate about it. Ferment and all the things. Except. <laughs> except freaking weird bio cells DNA or whatever from Franken animals. Yeah. So anyway, if you haven't listened to that yet, which um, by the time you're listening to this, go and check out on Monica or deep dives with Monica Perez, um, uh, that pro- feed probably be on the feed for a propaganda report too. I I'm assuming it would be if she's still doing it that way. And then also if she throws me the file, I'll put it out on the greener postures podcast as well. Cool. Yeah. So those were really fun. Um, she's, uh, asked me, I, t- I mentioned too, that, that she should do a deep dive on PETA. And she was like, are you, you're the one, are you coming back? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, like besties. Oh now. yeah. She's my best friend. Um, so if, uh, you, uh, wanted to come on that for that one, I think that would be, you'd be the person to talk to, uh, because you did a lot of digging into the PETA stuff at one point and we could refresh our, our memories on that and have a good conversation. Um, but anyway, um, the greener postures podcast is happening. So if you're not listening to that and you want to do, you know, focus more on the, you know, food preservation stuff, you can check that out. And then I've got a workshop on canning coming up this coming Sunday. That's um, home canning, getting started with home canning. I've got really cool people already signed up. And then March is going to be all sourdough content for the Greener Postures membership as well as the podcast. And then that's going to end on March 26th with the Greener Postures uh, workshop again online for um, getting started with sourdough. So everybody can learn more on the website, greenerpostures.com slash workshops for the workshops. And if you want to become a member, greenerpostures.com slash membership. Oh, and I just recorded a great episode with Ellie from Speed Bumps podcast talking about food allergies, adult onset food allergies, as well as, as food allergies in kids. And um, we talk a lot about fermentation and stuff. It's pretty interesting. So hopefully anybody who's dealt with that or had questions about that or put a lot of thought into it, listen to that. And if you have feedback, let us know. Yeah. So, um, right here we are. It's very, very rainy here today. It's pouring. Um, and we are going to talk about, yeah, if, uh, if you don't mind, if I could, uh, could sort of take the reins, which I'm, I'm rusty. I'm sorry, guys. I am not podcasting worth my weight these days at all. Although my brain doesn't stop. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. Cause I'm burned out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but in between moments of, in between constant moments of burnout, <laughs> My brain's still going all the time and I'm still hanging out with like some young guys all the time and I'm, I don't engage with them a whole lot, but boy, do I hear what they have to say and this and that. It's made me, I I don't want to talk to those guys via a podcast, (laughs) you know, not that they would, not that they know about this and if they did that they would check it out or anything like that. And not that I'm even trying to convince them of anything. So instead, I kind of want to like talk about my former, more liberal self, uh, because these guys are all young and liberal as I once was. Um, not that I own that term liberal much, but I sure was compared to what I am now. And something that has come up on here before is my lack of wanting to procreate at one point in my life. Yeah. I think that's come up on here. Yeah. If it hasn't here, about. it has here or there. Um, and, uh, like, as I look back, cause 
something that is across the board with all these young guys I talk to is none of them want to procreate. Like they don't want to. In fact, when they hear about my life, they almost feel sorry for me having a family. Like, like that, like, oh, that's too bad. You know, like, uh, they'll, they'll hear that, uh, oh yeah, I didn't get much sleep last night because my two-year-old wasn't feeling well. So I had to stay up with him all night. And there's no like sympathy for that. It's like, it's like, well, that's what you get, (laughs) you know, kind of a thing. And if there is sympathy, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry you have a family. Yeah. If it's, it's fake sympathy. I mean, they're not really sorry. They're like, sorry that I chose that lifestyle, Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of, kind of the way that I see it. And, um, I used to feel that way towards other people, you know, I, when, cause when I used to drink all the time and I'd be hung over, um, and I never got enough sleep. Um, I was, I, at times I'd be working three jobs and drinking almost every minute of the day. That is not an easy lifestyle. Trust me. <laughs> no, hard work. Um, hard work made way harder. Yeah. Um, and I was it's specifically the drinking that I was saying was hard work. And if, and if, <laughs> yeah. and if anybody told me that they got a bad night's sleep because of their kid, I'd be like, fuck you. Uh-huh. Like that would be my response. Like, don't fucking tell me about that shit. Like, not like I got a good night's sleep. Like, blah blah blah. But like, how did I get there? Like, why was I? feeling so much. I mean, I, I kind of felt animosity towards, towards breeders, you know, I didn't use that term. That was kind of a, a gay term, wasn't it? I don't know. People said breeders. I, I know. I never yeah. was one to use that either. Um, uh, people with their fuck trophies. That's what I used oh, to say. Oh yeah. Gross. I used to call them fuck trophies. That's so <laughs> gross. That, that... That's, you mean people, people yeah, that are young? People. All people are <laughs> by that definition. You're a fuck trophy. We're all just fuck trophies. For your gross mom and dad banging <laughs> each other. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's so complex. I don't, I don't hold animosity towards these, these, these people, those people myself included in there because uh we live in a world that's nothing but psyops i believe that very strongly i think that just there's very little that you can throw at me that at least in my head i'm not thinking that's a psyop i mean you know i i get i go i go too far that direction at times admittedly so um but uh there's a there's an overwhelming thing that I see in society as a whole, which is this concept that we're overpopulated. And, you know, I think we've talked about that a little bit, you know, um, that's, I think that that's total bullshit just on its face. I don't believe in the world population count. I don't even believe in the United States population count. And within that, when they start giving you percentages of how many people have or do not have a, you know, virus du jour or, uh, are above or below income levels, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, um, once you stop believing in the population counts, then all of those things start becoming really, really asinine seeming. Um, but why, why is it so easy for us to believe that we're overpopulated? And I think that there is a concerted, concerted, effort working from multiple angles at all times to get inside of our heads 
to create the illusion that we're running out of space in the world. I think that it comes from, first and foremost, people living in or seeing pictures of large cities with like homeless camps. Mm-hmm. Look at all these homeless people. They don't even have, there's not enough homes for these people. Right. Right. Nothing to do with, uh, with their lifestyle choices, with their general choices in general. Let's not even say lifestyle, but their choices in life, um, their mental illnesses, their drug problems, you know, like forget all that. This isn't that it's mm-hmm. that it gets in our heads is that there aren't enough homes there aren't enough roofs to go over all of the heads. And then you, you in that city, you pan out a little bit and you see these are tall skyscrapers. People are literally living on top of and shitting on top of each other in order to fit into the area that they're in. Um, you, uh, what else do we have that um, contributes to this? We have, oh, we got climate change. Climate change, the sea levels are rising. California, half of California is going to be gone in 12 years from now. We've been saying that for 24 years. Because it's not just about overpopulation, meaning we can't fit anymore. It's that the resources that we need to survive are finite and we will not be able to have enough resources to feed and water and clothe all the people that need to be taken care of. Not only are they finite, but they're getting smaller. Like yeah, we have less land. and less all the time. We have less land every day because of climate change. And is that because the sea levels are rising? Is that what they're That's saying what or they what? Say. I mean, that, like, how do you have less are land? Melting and yeah, polar bears are sad. And... Have Coca Cola. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but they, uh, it, it, all, all these, these. I mean, that's only two. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I could keep going, but I'm, I'm also having a hard time in this very moment as we keep going, maybe more will come up, but there's this other side of it that I want to talk about maybe even more than what are other people seeing something I'm seeing something I experience like on a daily basis is that I feel like the world is getting bigger. The, the playground in which the earth this realm that we're in, it feels like it's expanding to me. And I am open to say that what I'm talking about is indeed an illusion, mm-hmm. but instead it's, it's, it's an, it's an illusion because I'm seeing more all the time. Um, at one point in time, I didn't really look at the sky and I start looking at the sky and it seems like the more I look at the sky, the more I need to look at the sky because I'm not taking it all in because mm-hmm. there's more to it. You start watching sunrises. Well, there's the other side, sunsets. You start looking at the stars. It's, it's pretty cool, but wait, there's a whole other half of the year. Um, you start, you start looking at, you, you look at more things. You, the more you see it, the more there is. And I think for a lot of people, the more you see it, the more desensitized to your surroundings you are and you stop looking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that's taught to us as we're kids or if that's something that just humans just do. But it really feels like if you've been like the town you grew up in, you might have a guest from out of town and they notice all this stuff about your town that you've kind of forgotten about or never even noticed. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's always been there. You already have it memorized. You don't need to take it in. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's why, you know, like, I think I've talked, even talked about this on here before, but when I was young and I like to get stoned and sit in a weird spot in my house, 
Oh like, yeah. 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 Or like, like move, sit on your dresser. I move my furniture around or mm-hmm. I would sit on my dresser or I would sit um, in the corner of a closet with the doors open and look out mm-hmm. and just like take my space in from a different area, you know, and I'd bring, I'd write or whatever. I would make collages or mixtapes, mm-hmm. whatever I was doing from that space and like use that as creativity and expanding. Um, too bad I was afraid to leave my house because there was <laughs> a lot of other opportunities to go look um, at things from, you know, new angles that were besides my tiny house well and that's what i'm getting at with um with the with the earth expanding in front of my eyes um the sky isn't the earth right i don't think i don't know i don't know Ooh, that's maybe a deep it one. is i didn't mean to ask a deep question there maybe uh, it's another layer uh but let's let's separate it we'll talk land versus sky versus water okay okay just land um with looking at the sky the sky keeps expanding to me, but then also it makes it that like the sky is in relation to this mountain that I look at all the time, Mount Baker in our, in our backyard. And as the more I look at Baker, you know, the more it's like, well, how far away is that? Okay. It's like 30 miles if in a straight line, you know, it's like this, it's this tall. So they say, um, that's really, you know, and I can just kind of focus in on that and, and, spend a lot of time thinking about my position on the earth in relation to that mountain. And then suddenly, uh, for one reason or another, this other mountain that's in that same skyline starts becoming of interest to me. I'm like, wait, how much farther away is that one? Cause it looks like it's the same height, but it's gotta be farther away. You know? So then I start pulling out maps and I start measuring and it's like, Oh wow, that's way farther away. How does it look the same height? Oh, look at the elevation. That's a really tall mountain. That's a big mountain that's in my vision. It's much bigger than the one that I'm constantly looking at. But it's but all I see is is like what appears to be like one inch of it. A little tip above. Just a yeah. tip that just barely sticks up from behind some other giant hills or mountains. Uh, and then and then suddenly one day uh, my son's asking me, what's the name of that mountain? it's like, oh, I don't know. That's in Canada. You know, because Canada is like 20 miles from here. And we have a whole set of mountains that are off in the north as opposed to the east where I'm looking. The Canadian Rockies and are I'm, within our view at times from in then, our county. And then I find that it's even harder to figure out what these peaks are called because it's like, it's we don't care. Yeah. Our, our maps don't map them. So then I have to start going through different means and I find out what some of them are called and how far away they are and how tall they are. And, uh, that one leads to the next one leads to the next one. And all of these, I live in the same place I was born in. All of these have been here my whole life. And I feel like I haven't quite scratched the surface on looking at the landscape from where I stand here on this property. Right. That feels like a world that is expanded to me. Well, I think that's when you can make your world smaller or you can make it expand. Mm -hmm. You can choose to look, be narrow-minded and not consider new ideas and to think that our resources are shrinking and to live in a, to work in a cubicle and live in a studio apartment in a city where you're lost in a sea of people. Or you could try to live on a homestead and look in the distance at the mountains and observe the things around you and learn new things about nature and realize that there's more to it 
ever than you could ever know. You know what though? I think the same. I would feel the same phenomenon if I was living in a dense, packed ass city. Okay, tell me. Uh, I live on the corner of blank of of First and 132nd Street. I'm just making this up. Um, and I have a neighborhood, all of which I can walk to, and uh, or walk through, and I can know where all the stores are in this neighborhood, and know where all of my friends are within this neighborhood, and all of this. But I, I, anybody living in a dense city will know that you don't even know um, a fraction of your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also, you're really, you're not knowing a fraction of your um, goods and services that are around because there's one around every corner. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, say you're in like New York City and you're on these, this, this, you're in this neighborhood. Well, that neighborhood is part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And like within some place that, like, I don't know how to put this onto scale for myself, uh, but there could be things if you lived in New York City where you got your whole neighborhood and you're right here that are as far as our fence line that's that's out to the east where I can best see Mount Baker from. There could be something that far away that I've never been to, mm-hmm. that I'd never walked to, that I never looked at, that or that I or there are things that are closer that I've walked by a million times. I never needed my transmission fixed, so I didn't realize there was a transmission specialty shop right here. Well, I think that that, but still what your point is, is what I'm saying is that like, it depends on your perspective. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to look at things and examine them and uh, um, take in new information and like be open to that, or are you closing your mind and looking down or looking at your phone and telling yourself you already have it figured out, people already figured it out and they told you it and you memorized it and you're done. It's kind of an obscure reference that no one will care about except you. Oh. Uh, but the band Spirit, mm. the uh, the the original Potato Land yeah. album, yeah. Uh, the kind of hidden album, not to be confused with the not so hidden album Potato Land. Anyway, whatever. There's a part where the two Captain Copter and Commander Cassidy are are discussing their journey that they're about to take, and why are they going to take this journey? Because nothing new ever happens, man. And this is like late '60s. Mm-hmm. I could tell by you being like, man. Man. And they're from California. It's Randy, California, and his stepdad, you know. His, his stepdad was Mr. Skins, the the, uh, the drummer in the band. And, uh, and you know, they talked like this, man. Uh, and nothing new ever happens around here anymore. What would you say? I said nothing new ever happens. He's like, I know. It's the way it's always been. And I think that that is just stoned pieces of shit who have it totally fucking wrong. Uh-huh. But I kind of think that's what everyone always thinks that nothing new ever happens. Like, uh, yeah, something new happened at one point we got YouTube, but now YouTube is just all the same. Well, you there's know? other things that are like YouTube and my, 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 or, you know, train derailed and spilled a bunch of poison, caught on fire, caught on fire. Well, that just happened at yeah. our old house like three years ago. Yeah. It happened a half mile from where my parents live. Nothing lived. new but, ever happens I mean, here. But also they're, they're like, that's immediately what the news tells you is, oh no, there's tons of train derailments every year. Like it's nothing to see here. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Oh, you know, actually that's a really good way to describe this expanded expanded view of things. There are all kinds of things where you think that you've found something that's small and inconsequent or not inconsequent. It's small and impactful because it's, it's, it's so 
rare to have happened. Um, that someone has a rare disease, we'll say. But then you find out that thousands of people have this rare disease. And not to say that that, you know, thousands might just be a, a 0.0001% mm-hmm. of whatever. So it's, it is small, but at the same time, it's, thousands of people. Yeah. Like, it's there, perspective. Are, it's, there are bands that I love that thousands of people have never heard. Yeah. Like, not thousands of people have had yeah. the opportunity for that to hit their ears. Like, thousands is a lot of people. 2,000 is a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the residents is a really great example. The band, the residents, my like pretty much favorite band for most of, most of my life. Huge fan collector of their stuff. Like I have, I have like 30 of their 50 albums, you know, like, and I'm, I'm really proud of this. And, and, um, I, I get onto uh, Facebook and I'm doing my social media thing years ago and I find, oh my gosh, there's a whole page of, of residents, collectors. Yeah, it's like a group of for people whatever. Yeah. just like me. That's amazing, right? And there's like a thousand of them. And then I start interacting with that group and before I know it, I have no weight and I am inconsequential to that group because I'm not even a collector. I just have their normal stuff. I have never traveled to their studio, met them, and gotten one-off copies of things. Right. So you've got a mix of people in those situations. People that don't actually know the band or know anything about it that are now claiming to be fans. And then people who actually have are super fans that want to make you feel small for just really liking something. Yeah. Just for really liking something for like 25 years. And there's probably people in there somewhere that would want to just like, um, be like talk passionately about stuff that they like, but they're silenced by that other stuff, Uh you know? And that's why some like, especially Facebook groups, it's, it's really hard to, to, uh, to wade through all of that bullshit. Yeah. I, I like, um, instead of being so specific about talking about the residents or whatever, it's anything that you like that you feel that you've never met another person who likes it. Chances are there's a shit ton of people who like it. Yeah. And, and yet you'll still hear from other people. Well, no one likes that. Nobody listens to that. Nobody's heard of that. This is proving my point that there are thousands, thousands of people who eat, their breakfast cereal with a scoop of peanut butter. This dead airspace. <laughs> I see him glaring at me. No one has ever done that. No. I don't even think you've done that. I've done that, and so have you. <laughs> so <laughs> let's all be honest here. And it was, yes, it was because of me, but that's not, it's not, I'm not the only one. Yeah, it's and like, it's a genius idea that you probably didn't think of. Did you think of it, or was that like something I think your I cousin, thought of it. I think we it didn't have like something your cousin did. No, we didn't have yeah. any food in the house and yeah, I was home sure. alone. Like that's, that's how the, all the best recipes start when you were a nineties <laughs> kid, you know? Oh man. I had so many hot dog bun, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Or like on a tortilla <laughs> that you didn't even know you should like at least heat it up for it to be yeah. better. Just stick it in your teeth. Yeah. Flour tortilla, like. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Yeah. But it happened. So yeah. I mean, I think what the, the beauty in this is that, um, when I think I've been thinking a lot about how that, like how everything is fractal, like how, how we 
like I keep looking s- the opposite of what you're doing, where you're looking off in the distance. I'm looking smaller, smaller, sure. smaller. You're looking microbial. I'm talking about microbiomes. I'm talking about fermentation and like the invisible world that's there for us to witness. In- the invisible s- means it doesn't exist. so it's like i'm thinking about how science says that these microbes do certain things and they have names for them lactobacillus and like other ones right um they have names for them and i'm just like that's dumb because you know what you probably don't have names for millions billions of different kinds of bacteria that you've never isolated never identified never put a name to Mm -hmm. and why do we need to name them it doesn't need to be i don't need to name them to have control over kind of to encourage them to do what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And so I can do, you know, what kitchen alchemy with basically out of thin air because this stuff's around us always. Yeah. Ask ourselves, uh, a hundred hundred years ago. Uh, so like 1923, let's go 120 years ago, turn of the century, a lot more people fermented foods. Mm-hmm. How many of them knew the bacteria micro whatever yeah. was involved they might or was it just this is what happens when you do this uh, yeah they might not have even had names for any bacteria yet maybe I, some people did maybe professors in academics. universities did but the but the grandma who has a special hole in the backyard where she has a crock that's buried that she uncovers whenever she needs to get crowd out of it or refill it mm-hmm. did she ever have to did she ever even think to ask, why does this happen? No, but she prob- she might have named her crock of sauerkraut, but she wouldn't try to name the individual bacteria that she could not see with her naked eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like the same thing with, you know, elements that are in the soil or vitamins or nutrients. It's like we want to isolate these things and name them and talk about their importance. But what, they, what you do when you, like, say, try to take a vitamin and, and isolate it and take it a synthetic version of that in your body, your body doesn't know what to do with it. And I don't have any evidence of this but that's what they say but what i mean is that like nature provides us things in this that have a symbiotic relationship and they interact together and so when you eat food from nature it it goes into your body and it nourishes you the way it's supposed to it's like looking down smaller and smaller and picking it apart doesn't really seem to help anything but you want to instead gaze at it with wonder and appreciation so it's weird to use the word expanding for this, but everything about getting smaller and smaller is an equal part expanding. Oh, yeah. You know, because like, I don't know, we're talking, we start getting into numbers that are like really, really high. Like there's, uh, you know, millions of these. I, I don't know how to quantify them because Bacteri- like, different like, types. Of- but what is a bacteria? Is there a bacteria? I know. There's- you know, like it's it's more like we quantify. I don't I don't even know. You, you know better than I, like, uh, you know, how, how do you even quantify that? But it's, 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 you know, we're talking billions and trillions. Oh, sure. And see, I don't know. I have memorized what people have said is the, is the truth. I have memorized what experts say. I don't know actually any of that. I've never seen it with a microscope. I've never done the experiments myself. Mm-hmm. What I do know is how to make delicious sauerkraut. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do know is I, if I leave sugar and water and some kind of plant material in the, in a, um, vessel on my counter at room temperature, I will eventually see bubbles mm-hmm. and eventually we'll have some kind of magic in it that I cannot exactly describe this effervescence, this champagne like tingle on the tongue, this feeling against it's my like face. It's like pornography. You know it when you see it. You know it when you smell it and feel it on your face. <laughs> So I, I mean, like I, I do, I, I, I find the studies that they do fascinating and interesting, and I can use those things w- with my thinking mind to, um, compare them to the things that I've observed and see where they fit in and see if I believe it or not. But I, I mean, like I, I, it's not the end all be all like they say it is. So I got something else. I think it ties in here. I'm so rusty my conversation skills right now, I feel like. We haven't sat down to talk like this even off um, mic for a long, like, it, long it's, time. This somehow ties in. I just don't, I, I'm I'm too stupid to realize how Aww. in this moment. Um, but another thing I've been thinking about that has to tie in here is um, I, I believe there's a psyop of numbers. How do you like that? Um... <laughs> I, I started thinking of this because we were talking about millions and billions. Billions of... and trillions. and Okay, so like those are numbers, you know, I'm told. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, and this is going to take a right turn that I don't want to go down the direction of, but I just want to kind of put the thought out here of uh, like finance, finance, finance <laughs> as they like to call it. No one says that. Uh, no, no, nobody says that. John C. Dvorak does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They, um, uh, through, through, uh, through our money supply, um, we have been desensitized. I'm going to go with the word desensitized to giant numbers. <laughs> How that, much have they given to Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm seriously, because like, um, this was all presented to me the first time that I really thought about it by, uh, the wonderful magician duo of Penn and Teller. Um, that totally, numbers they, they the totally, bullshit they totally suck yeah those guys but they definitely uh kick-started my brain in a number of different ways and one of them was through an episode of their tv show called bullshit where they called bullshit on numbers and it was like what <laughs> you know numbers are bullshit uh but they they he did a they did a thing where he said uh he said let's let's look at m&m's you can put one M&M in your hand and pretty much anybody just listening to this can picture one M&M in their hand. Now let's increase that by 10 times, 10 M&Ms. Can you picture that in your hand? Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty doable. What's in a package? What? Like 30 of them? Sure. Something like that. You know, you say 30, let's say 50. Okay. 50, you know, imagine 50 of them sitting in a cup or a bowl. You can kind of picture this. Now go for a hundred. Uh, it starts getting a little, little. What does a hundred M and M's look like? It's a little hard to like just like picture that, but you can picture picturing it. So sure, yeah. You can you can say yeah if I can picture ten, mm, you know, times ten, 10 okay, times yeah. that. Okay. Well, let's just let's just pull out the cork and let it all drain and say uh, now picture one hundred thousand M and M's. No. You try it. Is it in a gallon jar? Is it, <laughs> no. you know, like, is <laughs> yeah, it more I would than say that? No. I'd say it's a lot more than that. Wow. But I'd say that, but do but maybe I it's know? a gallon. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 you, you kind of lose touch. Now, 
that's only 100,000. Let's multiply that by 10. 1 million. Wow. And now we're not even close to the numbers that we hear on a daily basis about finance and the Fed and money and transferring to Ukraine. We're, we're talking... The deficit. At, at times, we're talking, we just increased the money supply by $1.4 trillion. And how many millions are in a trillion? Uh, Is uh, it a million? Don't quiz me Is here. it a million millions that make a trillion? Um, that doesn't seem like the right way I'll to I'll edit this it. part out. Uh, <laughs> after you get to uh, 999,000 millions, then you would be at 1 billion. So a, a hundred thousand, yeah. Whatever. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm stupid. So I'm, no, I'm I'm deleting this. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. yeah. You can leave this in. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. It's, it's no what, it's, it's no secret that I'm stupid. It's what makes us lovable. But I think it also proves this perfect point that th these numbers are unfathomable because they're not something that we ever experience in our daily lives. Okay. So now I said that I think that there's a psyhop here. And I think that is just like getting these numbers into our heads so that when they start talking about the, uh, the, the size of the universe and being a uh, hundred million light years away, mm -hmm. meaning one year of time that it takes for light to travel. So that means like the speed at which when we turn on that light bulb over there, the light hits this wall, which does is it, when does it get to our eye? It's instantaneous yeah. as far as I can measure. But they say that it's moving. It takes us takes a millisecond or whatever to get there, right? Um, so the distance of that for one uh, light years. So uh, it would take that far to travel one. It would take one year to travel that far. Now we say one hundred million of that. And I think that the, what is the psyop for us to just go, oh, I've heard that number. I've heard them say those things before and I'm accepting it. Yeah, that's it. I, mean, I can just understand to make, it. Make None of it makes sense, but we have to accept it because, well, you know, there really were $1.4 trillion printed yesterday and uh, the universe was created 100 billion years ago. And in that time, we can see uh, nebula that are 100 million light years away. And, you know, like just all these, all these things that we can't comprehend. I, no one hearing this can comprehend. No mathematician can comprehend the things I just said. But like, they, they want to, like scholars and, and intellectuals, they want to say they can. Yeah, they, they, they think they can. They, mes they memorize those numbers and those words that you're saying, and they think that they have their head wrapped around it. And they would think we're stupid for not knowing those, you know, those things and that we can't understand it. Alexa... What is the highest number? Because <laughs> there ain't no number higher than 27, right, boss? Uh, but, like, for real, what is, like, like can we ask that question? Is that allowed to be asked? What's the highest number? Like, um, we have to have stopped naming them at some point, right? Because, like, theoretically, numbers are just infinite, right? So, like, like people working on this since... Uh, 1000 years ago who were still, they could still be naming numbers that are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's funny because I know this fact because annoying know-it-all homeschool kids whose parents recreate the classroom in their house always tell you that a Google is the biggest number or something. But like that's that. not true. <laughs> uh, or I, infinity. Uh, a Google 
is a one with 100 zeros behind it if I'm pulling up my middle school math class, the last math class I ever took. Hmm. Um, we had a substitute teacher once, and he started talking about uh, archaic numbers. Um, and he said, oh, and then you get into the Google, which is a one with 100 zeros behind it. This was like at least 10 years out from ever hearing of a, of a software search engine, search engine mm-hmm. called Google. Uh, put Google into um, into perspective for me when the name was first heard. It was like, oh, I know what that is. It's yeah. not just a oogly googly. Uh, it's not just word. a silly name. It's not like just a Yahoo. silly word. It's supposed to be that there's like <laughs> infinite, but I think it's spelled different. Oh, it's, maybe it is. I think it's a Google. Oh yeah, okay. G A L at the end yeah. instead of L E hmm. or whatever. But it's based on that number, nevertheless. It was probably just a typo once, and they fucking go <laughs> they with it. Spelled it wrong. They're like, "This is what it's called now." Uh, yeah. So why, why, why would they have these the a psyop of creating bigger and bigger numbers for us? Not not just creating bigger and bigger. I'm okay with the concept of infinite numbers and people naming them and things yeah. like that. Um, but particularly with with finance, like I think it destroys our ability to comprehend. What money is like we complain about losing five bucks five bucks does not exist yeah and the bigger scale <laughs> of things well i think it's just one way of them getting getting them to like in comparison we're small i think everything they do is to make us feel small and, and insignificant and that's where it is with the with the size of space mm-hmm. being so so big it's to make us insignificant and isn't this weird that we're here talking this now when i'm talking about that they're trying to like that we're, we're seeing the earth expand but they're trying to get us to shrink it see it getting smaller yeah. and smaller um we are less and less significant all the time and we're yet at the same time we're so significant that by driving my pickup truck i'm creating those oceans to rise. I'm creating that climate You're change. You're very powerful with your your pickup truck. <laughs> Even though we hear, what was it we just heard something the other day? Oh, we were, uh, maybe you weren't there. Me and, me and um, our son were watching a thing on volcanoes. And they said, uh, this blast created more emissions, more, more carbon emission than all of the cars in the United States could if they ran for 10 years solid. In 30 seconds. And it's like, why aren't somebody saying stop the volcanoes? Yeah. Like, why are we even talking about the cars? Right. And then they'll just throw those big numbers out at you like they could actually measure that. They didn't actually measure that. They they did an educated guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Based on how thick the smoke looked. Right. <laughs> so, and I think all the time of like that craziness... Anything decomposing creates gases. Mm-hmm. CO2 is created when you ferment. That's what the bubbles mm-hmm. are in kombucha or kvass or any of the other awesome stuff that I make. It was thing, I was thinking of that because I was remembering when we had our neighbor come over one day when we were do, having a burn pile. And he it was like a, involved with our fire department. And he's like a firefighter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said people have such a, a hard time uh, with, you know, how bad it is for the environment to burn wood but if you leave a tree that's fallen in the woods the amount the carbon whatever that it makes and puts off while it decomposes is greater than the fire Mm 
And I don't know if that's true or not also because that takes faith in science and whatever else, you know, this guy said, but that's something to think about, man. You know, what's funny too. I don't know if you know this. I repeated that the next day to a different neighbor, Uh huh. to a liberal neighbor. Uh huh. And, no, it doesn't. And, and they were they were so adamantly saying that that's not true. And then I can't. He said, "You can't just make up things and say it." And he said, "Where did you Where did you read that?" He wanted to know like what website. And I said, "No, it was so and so." And he went, "Oh," and I said, "Yeah, the guy who's a fire commissioner or running for fire commissioner at the yeah. time." And he was like, "Well, you know, I mean, sometimes those things can be." Uh, deceiving when you say things like that because the reality is is that the burning it creates a more toxic yeah blah, see blah, blah. he started making stuff yeah. up and and he's just like he's literally pulling shit out of his ass making it up in response to something that i was just repeating that i'd heard someone say who's kind of an authority i don't know about authority authority on oh like wait that, it's somebody but... who's who's lived his life like studying and paying attention to fire yeah so yeah yeah there, i would listen to him and look you know look into it more if i was really interested but I think what is the worry with us normal people? Why do we feel like we have to know the answer and that the answer is out there? Why can't we just accept that we don't know and we never know and that is the beauty and the wonder of being alive? Because really that's my response to both of those neighbors. Like, I mean, I guess I started it in the second one, but it, like with the first statement of that it's better for the environment to burn the wood than let it rot. Like, really? What I'm looking at is I want this space cleared and there's wood in the way. Therefore, I want that to burn, not wait 30 years right. to have it cleared. And it's also not wood that we needed to use and we don't have a wood chipper. There's all these things that go sure. into the decision making to have a burn pile and it's fun. That's my biggest one. <laughs> really fun, <laughs> especially when you use the tractor to dump stuff on top of a big pile. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it's just, I don't know, it's sad. It's like weird because the it's like the media the propaganda makes us one want want to make they want us to feel small and insignificant they want us to feel like the resources are slim we're overcrowded there's too many of us and they also want us to believe that they know the answer and if we memorize it then we can be smart too Mm-hmm. And then people get this idea of like, if I memorize these facts that I heard on the news and just stick by them without actually considering anything else, like then they're, then they're smart, then they're good, then they're validated. It's, it's sick. It's really weird. For sure. It is really weird. I don't think we're overpopulated. I we're, remember the 2010 census. We were living together for our first year uh-huh. before we were engaged, maybe, or around that time. Um, and we were living downtown and we had the census taker come to the door and I had already sent ours in cause I was like really afraid that we would get like arrested mm-hmm. <laughs> if we, if we didn't cause it's, it says you will, you know, and they came to our door to ask about a neighbor cause there yeah, was we, like this we had the Alaskan neighbors, big mansion next door and the people only lived there for half the year. They mm-hmm. were like fishermen. So it was summertime and they were fishing and they were like, do you know who lives there? Is anyone living there? I'm like, we're like, oh, the owners, I, I think they, I think they live in Alaska. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, how much? We didn't, we didn't even know them. No, we didn't. We, we never we met them. The, the whole time we were there, I talked to them six times total. Yeah. And, and I never did at all. I never saw them. And I just remember them asking, well, how many people do you think live there? 
They like, they wanted us to yeah. guess like how many people are in their family. And I'm like, well, if you're counting them here in the census, in the census, you're counting them here and you're writing it down based on what the neighbor says, who doesn't even know them. And then you're also counting them in Alaska. Do you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Are they being census census up there? Right. Cause it's like, it was a national census. It just wasn't for the state. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, there's no way this is accurate. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way that's accurate. And then, um, you know, like try, try repeating that in, um, destitute areas, you know, like third world country type stuff or in India or I don't know, just like fucking anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't think that there's a way to have an accurate census at best. People could use a mathematic uh, equation to try to figure it. That's out. what they do there. That's how they decide how many people are in crowds is they measure how many people are in a certain like area. And then they multiply that by the area that they're, that this crowd takes up. Have you ever seen pictures? Um, I think Adam pulled one up one time when I was talking about this. Um, Deborah gets red pilled. If you took all of the square footage of all of the garbage dumps in the United States and made it into one big garbage dump and then put that in the middle of the, of the lower 48 States, like how much space it would take up. No. It's like when you're looking at the, um, the, you know, like just a basic map of the, of the States and you measure them all out and you put it in there. It's like, like a, like a half inch by half inch, little tiny. I mean, just this little tiny speck that's like not even like the size of a small city. But yet we're shipping boatloads of it to China for them to burn it. Like, well, what, what I think is really conveyed in that, in that picture when you see that is how much fucking space there is here, how much space, space, space. I love space. Um, (laughs) how much like, like uh, again, like how much, of this is national forests that no one's allowed to do shit on. And sometimes when you start talking like this, people get defensive because they really want, really, really want to believe that we're overpopulated. They'll, they might pull this, uh, this chestnut out and say, yeah, but how much of it is habitable? And it's like, well, let's ask ourselves this question. How much of where we are building cities now is considered habitable by this term if there weren't already a city there? You know, as you know, I've been digging on Bellingham and uh, it turns out that most of Bellingham is sitting on one of three different coal mines and those are all subject to collapse at any point in time because I think, I think anybody with half a fucking brain would say this is uninhabitable territory, Mm -hmm. but although there's tons of it, just east of there. Well, it depends on who has the money, whether or not they the surveyors tell you if it's in a, if you can build or not. You know right, what I mean? Right. There's there's but there's all this space that's just you know just move it one footprint back, and no longer are you on open mine shafts. So so you'd be on more more habitable land, right? And yet at the same time, do you remember about five years ago? No, it was more than that. Jeez, but it wasn't that long ago. Within a decade. Uh, there was a massive mudslide uh, south of here. Yeah. That, or Oso. The Oso mudslide. Yeah. Where all of that was destroyed. Uh, uh, like the hill, hillside collapsed and destroyed a whole town. I was working with someone at that time whose husband was um, was a, a, a geologist mm-hmm. who 
his job was to determine whether or not you could build in different areas. And he was looking at it, according to her. I never actually met him. Uh, and, and he was like, well, why did they ever let anybody build there? They shouldn't have let anybody build there. But yet we hear about towns being destroyed all the time because they're built in terrible places. Oh, yeah. So we have, we're, we're inhabiting bad spots now. And I have a feeling that we could be inhabiting a lot of the, uh, the national forests. That that's, not... that's what I come to when you're talking about this, yeah. is all the national parks. And remember we were just looking at one of our vinyl records the other day? Oh, God. Well, who was it? What was Pete, it? It was Pete Seeger. It was one of my favorite records at one point It was in my Pete life. Seeger? Yeah. yeah. So I, I flipped it over, and it was this big, long thing from a commissioner of national whatever. What was it? I think he was. I think it was like a senator or something. It was some, yeah, somebody in government that was talking about the importance of conservation, and th- that was to do that. It was to support your national parks to, and basically to, to block millions of acres from ever being built on and, and given to the government to have them to have control over. It's not that it's never built on. It's just only built on on their terms. Because that whole record, um, Pete Seeger, God bless the grass, is what it's called, and uh, it's uh, you know guitar and banjo music and um, folk music it's folk music it's uh it's like mid 60s i mean it's at one point in my life it was it didn't get more amazing than pete Seeger. that was during my punk rock time like i had this other side of me that was like that that would be my guilty pleasures back then (laughs) be that uh yeah when no one's around i throw on god bless the grass and i'm blown away at the beauty of those songs. <laughs> because he's like, God Bless the Grass, the song itself uh, is about how, go ahead, concrete it over. Just give it a shot and watch what's going to happen. The grass is stronger than the concrete. It and comes it will through crack. every crack. It will crack. It will crack the cement. The cement will be cracked by the blade of grass. And that blade of grass is going to pop up. And there's other songs like the Cement Octopus on there about freeways and, you know, like, I don't know, all of it really resonated with, like, 16, 20-year-old me. But did that, in that time, help you fill in the blanks for, like, yeah, see, we're overpopulated, we shouldn't have kids, Subconsciously, too many people, cities fucking suck. And that's subconsciously, and that is the psy-op right there. That is, it's, uh, I loved the idea of expressing the beauty of nature in those songs and how beautiful nature is and how ugly civilization is and did i read the back of that back then probably and i just thought yeah see at least people back then were trying to make a better world yeah yeah Uh, Now the government is not, they're just not doing anything. And then that leaves people like that who don't start to think for themselves to try to shout, Hey, Hey, take more land from us and protect it. Government. mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's the opposite of that. Everyone let go. Stop forcing us into cities. Stop forcing us into places where you can surveil us. And when I think about like the cellular agriculture conversation I just had, it's like they, their answer for, and they're saying industrial farming is bad. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And they're saying the answer of that is to shut down those feedlots and to start using, kill, euthanize all of the animals and use a cell from one of them to continuously grow these huge blobs of meat-like substance that are hanging from scaffolding. Mm -hmm. That is not, that is farther away from being with nature. 
And nature always regenerates. Nature takes care of itself. Nature is self-cleaning, self-sustaining. There, it's symbiotic. Everything works together in a balance. And and uh, I'm thinking about the back of that record again, and the contents of that record, which I haven't listened to for twenty plus years. Um, but uh, I've always held on to it because it because it used to be so impactful to me. Uh, that is saying that we need to save millions of acres of nature. Right, mm-hmm. which is which. Okay, I'll go with that. That's just a, in general a great idea. We should try to save nature. Yeah. Right. But what is the encoded answer to this that everybody comes to? We need to be in more and more densely packed cities. Leave nature. Get it. Leave it alone. Leave well, unless nature. you're coming here and paying for your parking pass to go hiking. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. And then, please then pick it's... up your dog poop because it's really harmful. For yeah, the get the dog. Well, in fact, we'll put uh, plastic, plastic bags. bags all over the place for you to be able to pick up your dog. So you poop. can pick it up and tie a knot, and then leave it somewhere random in the <laughs> plastic bag. Uh, but you know, for the idea of the solution to be, uh, oh, we're overpopulated. So what we need to do is condense where we are to be as small as possible. We need to make ourselves. We're all the Earth's already tiny in the universe. Let's be as tiny on the Earth as possible, and uh, you know what? It's a good idea. Let's do that next to the coast everywhere because that's going to swallow them all up, and that'll help with population control. You know, like I don't know. It's just all we live in a backwards world. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I, I haven't. I mean, like I'm really but, glad you're enlightening me. <laughs> we live in a backwards inverted world. They are trying to confuse us. I think there's not enough of us. I think we need to have big families and stick together and try to live in balance with the nature around us. We are part of it. You can't take us out of that equation. They take humans out like they're not part of that balance, and they are. I love the concept. I don't know what I believe and don't believe, but I love the concept. It, it just bear with me, folks, whether you agree with it or not. I love the concept of collective consciousness. And that we all really are functioning on one brain. And I love the concept. I don't love it. But I, I, I like combining that with the concept that is somewhat scientific. People will say it's scientific that we only use 10% of our brain. And I would like to think that that is because we are 10% of the population that we should be to get our brains at full functioning. And that maybe we had 10 times more people on earth in the earth realm when we constructed the pyramids which allowed us to use our brains at a full capacity because we collectively had enough thinking that, power. that's really interesting and when i i love love to think about that but man try saying that out loud to a liberal no thanks <laughs> try saying that not even a liberal just try saying that out loud to a normal thinking person news watching going to work just just a regular person not even like particularly buying into the overpopulated concept but subconsciously they do because this is the world we live in try telling them that you think that we need 10 times more people you think we're one tenth of what we should have of humans on the planet they will think you are crazy and i probably am you probably are for a lot of reasons and uh you know i'm not i mean I don't know what to do with that. If First, I don't know if it's true. First, I don't know if we have uh, collective consciousness. And then if we do, 
who's to say that that's if 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 half of us died, would we be down to five percent conscious? Like I don't know. This is all ridiculous that I can't even begin to to understand. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a fun little, it's a stony thought, man. You know, like what if we do have so, uh, a collective consciousness and what if that is in response, like how conscious we are is in response to how many of us there are to contribute to the one singular brain idea. That's really interesting too. Yeah. But even then, if you think of it, just like I'm on a more basic, when you look at nature, it's like having enough people around that, um, you can work harder, like you gather more resources. So if you don't have as many people, it's harder to get the things right. Mm -hmm. So if you, it's like more people means more people to work. It doesn't mean that they're just sucking all the resources. Yeah. Especially if we were all spread out. (laughs) None of the land's inhabitable though, Judd. Uh, but let's pretend that that's wrong. And that I'm right, and that like all these millions of acres that we have uh, stowed away, you know, if we could all spread all have out, ourselves five or ten acres for every family. Yeah, yeah. And we all had this collective idea that we want to survive, and that we're not trying to get ahead of the other guy. We're only trying to do our best for our own. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I don't know. Maybe I'm too idealistic like that. Yeah, well, you know, I think the takeaway from this for me is that we shouldn't ever assume that we know what's going on. We should always just keep looking because that's, I think that's what keeps life interesting. Mm -hmm. We need to wrap up. Yeah, I think that's good. That was good. I think we can can put a nail in it and call it a conversation. Okay, I'll delete it now. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I, I'm glad to find, sit down with you in this space, um, even though my feet are cold um, in the basement here. And I, I hope we can do this for people. Like, First of all, anyone who's reached out to us um, since our last episode, thank you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who said nice things. I really appreciate it. Um, and then also for the people who are wondering if we're going to continue, um, I'm not going to say we're not. But I'm also not promising a regular schedule like we were doing for the first year. We'll get back to there at some point. You know, two a month would be great. You know, I'd I'd love to do this twice a month. I'm uh, I'm gonna turn a corner in my life at some point here, and want to dedicate more time to this. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I said it since we've been recording, but I said it at least right before. I'm burnt out on being burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, uh, so, somehow I, I need to make a major change. You know, I don't want to talk about that on here, but I'm going to make a major change. That's I, I, I need, uh, I need, I need to wash my brain. I need a good brain washing. <laughs> and, uh, once I do that, I hope to come at this with new fuel. I've got, uh, like three different ideas for new podcasts that I'd like to be doing, but yet here I'm having a hard time sitting down to do the one that I already have. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I would, I'd love to see you do something solo. I think you'll be great at it when you decide it's the right time. Mm-hmm. And, um, until then people just, uh, be thankful if you get them. Okay. <laughs> just if you get an episode here or there, just no, seriously. Thanks to all of you yeah, who please, listen. Please bear with us and check us out when we do put stuff out. Um, you know, yeah, sorry, sorry that we're not being consistent 
Um, stay in touch. And thanks for all the people that dropped us a couple bucks there at the end of the year. It really helped it. Um, me, you know, renew all of our stuff again without this whole scam such stress. is going to really pay off. We we get people to finally give us money, and then we quit giving them stuff. <laughs> quit doing it. Right. I thought they were going just paying after we gave them the service. What have we gotten so far? Thirteen dollars. Like thir- Thirteen fifty. Thirteen twenty-seven. Yeah. Twenty-seven. I think it was. Yeah. So thanks everybody. I appreciate it, and hopefully we'll have some guests soon. We'll 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 do some more episodes, but for now. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. (laughs) So thanks for listening.